This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Once a month, we speak to Hamilton Mayor Paula Southgate to find out what's happening around our city. Morena. Morena, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as I uh, gave you a bit of a heads up just uh, before going to air, I've got a bit of a list for you <laughs> this morning yeah, of things. Yeah, a short list this morning. A bit of a short list. <laughs> we'll see how we go there. Um, but I do want to start with, you've got the verbal hearings for the annual plan this week. Um, and as of maybe four days before they closed, you'd had 223 responses. Uh, that sounds really low to me uh, compared to the previous year. Is that so? I haven't been able to find the numbers. You know, that is, that is the right. It's about 260-something, I think, now. But that is, that's correct. Um, that's always to be expected with an annual plan because the annual plan doesn't have to be fully consulted in the, quite the same way as a long-term plan. But, of course, we did want to give opportunity to uh, the community to have a say. So we did put it out there. Um, I think people are probably distracted by a lot of things at the moment, keeping their business on track, um, avoiding COVID, mm. all of those kind of things. And so it probably hasn't been front of mind. Um, but in actual fact, because we're not reviewing all of council business, just a few elements, um, I guess we can expect less, less um, uh, uptake of the opportunity to submit. Do you think that this uh, could be an indicator of what we might expect when it comes to vote later in the year? Because we will still have those same pressures sitting sitting on us. Well, I hope not. But look, um, you know, voting's historically been low, hasn't it? All around the country, for that matter. Um, people just don't engage with local government. I do my very best to make sure that the issues are accessible to people so they can understand what we're about. I suspect there will be a slightly better turnout. I might, could be wrong. My personal guess is a slightly better turnout because there are some issues that have really divided the community uh, this year. And, um, you know, people are feeling quite... Um, well, the future is unpredictable, and I think people are feeling quite concerned about some of that, 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 that especially things like Three Waters, local government mm. reform. You know, there's some of the um, COVID policies that made people uncomfortable. And, yeah, I think, I think we might hear more. Do you think there's any chance we might have a, uh, uh, a good conversation about water reform, one that stays away from... Um, I guess that real uh, politicising or uh, racist uh, bent that some of the comments um, made about reforms have? Well, I hope so. Look, the government will be um, releasing, not, we're not quite sure when, the, the uh, bill for uh, consultation. Of course, then it goes through the select committee process. At that point in time, Hamilton City Council will be doing a wide form of engagement with the general public. And I hope that that will be as balanced as possible. And I personally try to um, give the warts and all scenario about waters, the good, the good, the bad, and the in-between. Mm. Um, uh, so I hope that people do feel that they're informed uh, enough to make a um, submission to us, which will form part of the basis of our submission to the Select Committee. Mm. Um, just moving on, because I know Founders Theatre has been another one of those quite divisive issues. Uh, people feel really strongly about it, feeling really connected oh. to the theatre. So is the decision to demolish now done and dusted? Yes, it is. 
Um, this is the third or fourth time that we've uh, made decisions in respect to the council. Of course, any decision can be revoked with 75% of the council deciding to do that. Um, but the decision has been made, and it wasn't an easy one, mm. because, you know, we all feel some love and nostalgia for the Founders Theatre, for a start. I mean, tell me who hasn't seen something on that stage or been on the stage. Um, but also, we all, we're all concerned about the lack of community space. Um, but at the end of the day, it came down to not having a fully funded business plan. We needed to see some partnership money. We needed to see some sponsors that were certain to um, support it. So good pledges, solid pledges, not, not just a sort of a softer voice of interest. Um, because we have no money, Kelly. We just, you know, we can't keep keeping more things on the vape pair, no matter how nice they might be. Um, we haven't any money. <clears throat> so... Um. So, so that's for now appears to be done and dusted. Um, the, yeah. I kind of yeah. tend to lump the municipal pool issue into that as well. Um, but and, and that leads to my next question. I understand the municipal pools are going. I don't know if you if there's anybody still trying to challenge that. Perhaps there are. But what about the celebrating age centre next door, which looks like it's getting demolished right now? No, the pools are being demolished right now. Oh, the uh, pools so are. <clears throat> yeah, they okay. are. And then you will see that area restored in the, uh, as per the plan that we put out, which will be more enhanced green space, places to sit, more open to the river, etc. Um, uh, they're being very careful not to affect the Celebrating Age Centre. The Celebrating Age Centre is an issue in its own right. The building uh, was leaking, uh, and also because of rats that had come up from the pool, um, a lot of the electrical work had been chewed, but in any any case, it's a very old building. So we had to, um, and it would have been very disruptive to have people in there during the um, uh, demolition of the pools. <clears throat> so age concern has been rehoused for temporarily, some uh, a little way down um, Grantham Street. But the big question is now, what do we do to provide community space for our older persons? Um, and so we've begun a conversation, and nobody will be left out of that conversation. And I can absolutely assure you that Celebrating Age Centre will not be demolished without consultation with the public. But at the moment, we're in a consultation with the people who use the building the most, all of the groups who use it, to see what their needs are and factor that into the assessment of whether we, um, you know, just fix it up a little or we renovate it completely or we take it down and build something um, else that also incorporates their needs. Okay, so we're starting with who is using the building and, and, and working with them first to see a, a look to the future for that particular building. But, you know, I, I, you know, I try not to be too cynical, but often it feels when we let buildings get to a certain state, it becomes easier to demolish them to put something new there. It's what it feels like in the city, so... <laughs> Yeah, look, I would agree. Um, in fact, we had a good discussion on that whole thing about uh, maintenance, renewal, depreciation um, only a week ago at Council. And um, Councillor Pascoe and Councillor Wilson raised it in particular, and they're absolutely right. I said that before the last election when I ran for mayor, that I was concerned that we hadn't been spending enough to renew and maintain some of our older buildings, and I didn't want to see another closed building. So imagine how disappointed I was when our senior people had to be displaced 
was that mm. building? And I was like, surely not. Mm. So, you know, I've had to kind of get over that sense of disappointment. How come? And just kind of say, well, what's the future look like? And uh, Mark Bunting on his committee is leading a review of community space, a whole look at what... Because we get other groups saying, you know, our space is too small, it's not fit for purpose, or we haven't got a space. So we need to look at that whole community space issue in the round okay. and say, well, you know, what are the needs? Where are the gaps? How do we build to take care of that? And where does it go? Okay. I, my personal view, my personal view, Kelly, is that the, the older person should be welcomed back into the city on that site, no matter what type of development goes there, because they've been there for many years and they're an important, valued part of our community and should have a place in the CBD. That's my personal view. <laughs> okay. Um, and actually, I can talk about that with Mark Bunting next week um, because, I mean, I enjoyed a really awesome gig at Mesoverse uh, in the weekend, but that's another art space that's soon to go. Um, so it's one less accessible community art space that we'll have available for us in the CBD. So, of course, that's that's front of mind. So I'll, I'll ask Mark about those community yes. spaces and, and um, what we might do to improve that. And, and I guess um, for me, it's looking around our arts community. One more thing on the arts community in particular. I know that the theatres, the Riverley, Clarence and Meteor are working together, doing some strategic to work together to, to uh, analyse the needs and the future needs of performing arts in particular. Uh, so that should be really useful. I'm looking oh. forward to... To what the work that they're doing and seeing if that can inform what we need to do on behalf of the creative community. I guess I would say um, the arts I'm thinking of tends to be the types they don't want to have in their theatres. This is the experimental and emerging musicians who yeah. need a space where they can be loud without annoying people who have cheese and cracker on their balcony in the city and don't want to not be able to choose the music. But again, we better move on. Um, yeah, well, that is something to be honest, speak with Mark. Kelly, that would be a gap to explore, wouldn't mm. it, in the, in the future work that we do? That is a gap. So we need to figure out how we deal with all parts of the creative ecosystem, in my view. Mm. So uh, we've got an election coming up. Um, and we want potential candidates to know the ways local authorities influence day-to-day -day life, so they're interested, so they stand, so they vote, all of those things. I don't know if there's an easy, quick way to do this, because I know you've got to go, but what levers can councillors, once elected, pull to increase the percentage of affordable housing in Kitty Kitty Door? Affordable housing, we're doing a lot of things across a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways. For a start, we're looking at the review of our district plan to see what rules we can put in place, which may include things like inclusive, uh, inclusionary zoning, where um, a portion of the development has to have affordable housing. That's one tool, of course. We are also um, working with Kainga Ora and other developers in the Fairfield Enderley. We're just about to sign a partnership agreement with them and uh, get a strategic uh, plan underway, uh, a blueprint for Enderley underway. Uh, the work's been going on for the last couple of years. Uh, and that will see, for a start, in the short term, that will see 100 homes in the Enderley area be, um, you know, removed and 300 modern dry warm homes put up instead now that won't displace the people that are already there because they will, their needs will be taken care of um, by kind aura so it's not a matter of checking them out and building something new but um, that's going to be a diverse um, portfolio it's going to be affordable housing, some rental uh, and some um, lease to buy and a few other things like that so. so I was reading an article yesterday that said we had about 10% 
currently being affordable in the city. Does the council mm-hmm. have a goal? I had always had in the back of my head that you had a goal of 20%. We did at one stage. We actually even had higher than that in the last term. But there was a lot of negotiation about what the market could afford. You know, developers need to make some profit as well. Um, and it got kind of whittled down in the process. But I think... I think um, that is a key discussion. You may wish to talk with Councillor Hamilton about that because mm. it's a bit of work that he's leading. Um, yeah, so so that's one tool, inclusionary zoning. We've been talking with Queen's Town um, uh, and I've connected a couple of councillors up now with Queen's Town people to see uh, you know, how we can do a little better in that space. And also... Um, you know, we're working on uh, some developments of our own that are likely to be, like you were talking about, Victoria Street. Are those properties, they're likely to be commercial and community space at the bottom and apartments at the top. So that will bring some more inner city apartments. More exciting than that, though, is the, is the fact that we have got to the last round of the $150 million infrastructure acceleration funds. And that is looking like it's going to be targeted towards the CBD, that that's the government's preferred bid that we put in. And that is to enable housing to go in on the CBD. Okay. So there are things there. Um, it looks to be around increasing that supply, which in theory should reduce, make things more affordable. And yes. in theory, that's what, that's what we would hope. Yes. Yeah, and look, that's where we must use the levers that we've got. We've got the Community Housing Trust, which we've... Oh, right, just yeah. reviewed reviewed requirements. They they were able to buy land, but not to do improvements originally, or, or to you know take a property off the land or and build something bigger. Um, they now got a little bit more freedom, so they can buy land with a house on it, take that house off, and put some houses on there, and that kind of thing. So we're doing all sorts of things in all sorts of fronts, and of course, the bridge to Peacocks, the girders are going across in the next week. So it'll actually start to look like a bridge and a connection. I mean, people won't really understand what, how big the development of Peacocks is going to be. Mm, it is. Um, Mayor Paula Southgate, thank you so much for joining us this morning, uh, getting through annual plans, some buildings and the futures of buildings, and, of course, how we can get more affordable housing in the city. We do appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.